Thank you for checking out the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe that no matter where you have come from or what you have come out of, today can be a life-changing day. Church should not be an obligation to endure each week, but rather a place to look forward to, a place where we can come together in community to grow in our lives. So join us today as we expect something good from our amazing God. We're just so glad that you're all with us this morning. Just want to welcome everybody that's on Facebook Live. I already saw some of your posts this morning. Good morning, everybody out uh, on Facebook. Our, our, you know, our Facebook, our Facebook uh, campus. Yeah, our Facebook campus. It's crazy to think of it that way. We have a Facebook campus. There's, there's already been people commenting this morning. We're here this morning. We couldn't make it in. We're with you, and so glad that we can do this. And, and I just want to say, you know, I hope everybody got their copy of Fresh Start and is reading it or has read it. If you haven't, you can still pick up a copy. We still have more copies. If you are watching on Facebook Live and you haven't got a copy, send us a message to info at Visit Rivers Edge, and we will send that out to you, or you could even do it to Next Steps at R- Visit Rivers Edge, and we'll send out a copy to you so that you can have it and, and, and go along with it. So we're going to continue on this morning, week three, a fresh start. You can op- open up your Bibles this morning to the book of Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm chapter nine. Uh, Psalms 92, Psalms chapter 92, and just one verse this morning we're going to delve into, and that is verse 13, and it says this, it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. What a promise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the promise of Psalm 92, 13, and Father, I just thank you for this house. I thank you that we are able to come together as a community, as a family, and learn and grow together. And Father, I thank you that this morning as your word goes forth, that it changes us, it transforms us. Father, that we truly do, as we apply the word, flourish in the courts of our God. Father, we thank you for your word written and given to us. We declare this morning our hearts And our minds, our ears, they're open to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, If you know me well, you know that um, I have a problem. And um, that problem is I like plants. And um, my backyard uh, is full of plants because of it. In fact, there was a time about uh, two years ago where my mom was tearing out a flower bed, and she goes, you want some plants? And I'm like, yes, I want some plants. And so I drove to Weezer, and at that time we had our minivan, and I laid all the seats down, and I filled the whole back full of plants. And then I went back a couple of days later and did it again. I took two loads of plants and just started planting it. I you know, I had to carve out flower beds and plant these flowers, and, and now some of the flowers I realize, well, I won't say that. I don't like, and so I'm going to change them with other plants. But uh, there's, there's some plants that I really love. And in particular, there's two kinds of trees that I love. And uh, if you ask me, do you have a favorite tree? I do. I do have a favorite tree, which is, you might think that's weird, but hey, it's me. Uh, but my f- two favorite trees in the whole world are the quaking aspen. And what I love about the quaking aspen is how it got its name. 
The reason why I call it a quaking aspen is because when the wind blows through the leaves, they hit each other, and they make kind of this quake kind of, uh, it's incredible. Uh, we used to take the teenagers to a, a camp called Intermountain Christian Camp outside of Fairfield, and they had a grove of quaking aspen, and I would go out in the morning, and I would do my devos out there, and I would stand, and just you would just hear the breeze gently coming through those leaves, and it would just, it would just, it was just, it makes the coolest sound. I just love it. And so we have a, we have, we have four quaking aspen in our backyard. Um, like I said, I have a problem, and uh, I don't think anybody needs four in their backyard unless you have a really big backyard. Our backyard's not that big. And uh, but the other, other type of tree that I just absolutely love is I love vine maples. I love vine maples. I mean, I think they are so cool. And uh, years ago, about, uh, about 15 years ago, we decided that we wanted a vine maple on our deck in Oregon. And so I got this big, massive pot. I bought a vine maple, and I planted it on our deck. And uh, what's interesting is that when we moved from Oregon to Idaho, the vine maple came with us. It did. We moved it with us. And for uh, about six years after we moved here, it lived in this pot, this great big pot. And, and I would put it in this part of the yard, and I'd put it in this part of the yard. And, and I, you know, it was on our patio for a while, and, and I just, I love it. And then two years ago, I planted it. And what's amazing is this vine maple, you know, 11, 12, 13 years it's lived in this pot, and it really did amazingly well. I mean, I had to water it a lot because a pot, does, you know, pot doesn't hold a lot of water and vine maples need a lot. So I had to water it a lot, especially in the summer here because it gets so hot. And vine maples aren't used to a lot of heat. And, uh, but it, it did it remarkably well. But I planted it. And do you know what happened after I planted it? In two years' time, it doubled in size. It had been in that pot for years and never really grown. But once I planted it, that is the picture of flourishing. That's what God is talking about. When we get planted in the house of God, something amazing happens. See, that tree, that vine maple, had all this potential just sitting in it. It was waiting to bust out and grow and fill this whole corner in our yard outside of my bedroom window. So I can see it. It was just waiting. But it wasn't until it was planted that its potential produced. It wasn't until it got planted. And that's the picture that Psalms 92.13 gives us. That when we're planted in the house of God, when we're planted in church, literally it is a place where we flourish. And it's God's plan that we would flourish that God would put us in a place where we could flourish and produce and become more that we, than we would have ever been without being planted in the house of God. And I, I'm telling you, I'm a big proponent of being planted in the house. I'm big. I mean, I gave my life to Jesus, and I went to church until we moved to Portland, Oregon. We found a church. I planted in that church. was in that church for a long time. Right, and then we came here and we planned this one. So I've been a I've been a follower of Jesus over thirty years, and I've been in three churches because that's planting. I planted, and in planting, I flourished. I grew. I developed. You know, flourish means this: to grow and develop 
in a healthy and vigorous way. And that's exactly what my vine maple did. It grew in a vigorous way. In fact, it maybe is a little bigger than I had wanted it to be because it's starting to block out some of the window. But I can see it better. See, when we're making a fresh start spiritually, and maybe that's you. This year you decide, you know what, I'm making a fresh start. Maybe you're reading the Fresh Start book, and you're going, I'm going to make a fresh start spiritually. Getting planted in the church is one of the most important things that you can do. It's one of the most important things you can do. It takes getting planted to flourish and grow. See, church is the place that God wants each of us to maximize our potential. Church is the place that God wants each of us to maximize our potential. You know, we should maximize our potential in all places of life. But I honestly believe that if you're planted in church, that maximum potential flows out from church to all places in your life. Because you, ma- you can be maximizing your potential to the best of your ability outside of the church, and then you come inside of the church, and all of a sudden, all areas of your life go to another level. That's really what Janet was saying with the offering this morning, right? That when you bring your tithe, all of a sudden, all, 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 everything starts to change. Church is the one thing that will cause your whole life in every area to go to a new level of potential. At River's Edge Church, this is how we like to say it that you would discover your God-given purpose. See, we really flourish when we discover our God-given purpose, and and that's one of the reasons why we have Jump In that's coming up in a couple of weeks is because in Jump In, we help you unearth what God has placed in you so that you can step into it, step into God's purpose for you and discover everything that God has for you. And really, jumping in is part of being planted. It's part of the process. So what does it mean to plant? What does it mean to plant? To plant something is to do this. It's to place or to fix something in a specific location. It's to place or fix something in a specific or a specified location. That's what I did with my, my, my vine maple. Is after all those years, I finally said, you are going to have a specific place and a specific location. And can I tell you, that thing took a big hole, right? I mean, the pot was like this, right? It was half of a, it was half of a wine barrel. Have you seen those? It was half of a wine barrel, so it was big. You know what they tell you? The hole's got to be bigger than the root ball, right? Like twice as big. Okay, that is a big hole. I thought I was excavating my foundation. I mean, it was like, it's a big hole. And so... When I did it, I was committing to place it in that place. When I planted the vine of maple, I'm not moving it. Okay? If that thing ever moves, it's going to be somebody else's come and dig that thing up. Because I am not digging it up. It took everything I had to get it in that hole. Right? Getting it out of that barrel. Holy cow. I had a rubber mallet, a big rubber mallet. I was beating the side of that barrel, trying to get that thing to release from the the sides of the barrel, and then it finally released, and I got the barrel off, and then I had to figure out how to pick that thing up and put it in the hole. Whew! That thing is staying, right? It's staying. I'm not moving it. That's what God says of us. We need to be planted and put down some roots and stay a while. See, a lot of times... Can I just tell you that 
I don't, I don't like teaching this message for one reason. Because it feels self-serving. Right? You need to be planted in the church, and this is the church. That it feels that way, right? I want you to know that's not my heart. And so because of that, I purposely left things out of this message. Because I don't want to f- come across that way. But I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit just reminded me of something. And if he's going to remind me of it, I'm going to say it. Is that all right, church? A lot of people, they transplant too often. I'm not saying there's never a time to transplant. Okay, There is. But you know what? There are people that they're in a church, and they're there for six, seven, eight months, and then they go to another church, and they're there for six, seven, eight months, and then they go to another church, maybe they stay a year, and then they go to another church, maybe they're 18 months, and then they go to another church for six months, and they're always going from church to church to church to church to church to church. Can I tell you what that does to a plant? It slowly strips away the roots and strips away the roots and strips away the roots and strips away the roots, and you get to a point where all of a sudden you can't be planted anywhere because you've got nothing to hold you in place. And then people wonder why their life is a mess. I'm following Jesus. It's all supposed to be perfect. Well, you're not doing what Jesus told you to do. He told you to plant and stay put. And if you would do that, your life would flourish. Amen? And, And I think this is a really good church to plant in. But can I just say, find a church and plant. Planting takes a commitment takes a commitment. When I put that vine maple in the ground, I was making a commitment. This thing is staying right here. Man, it was a commitment. I should have asked people to come help me move that thing, right? You know, I could do it, right? Yeah, but I could do it better with like six friends, right? (laughs) I'm kind of stupid, kind of stupid that way sometimes, but yes, you did. But I could have used six more friends. I'm just saying. It was, it, was a, it was a big deal. And actually, if I'm completely honest, we dropped it in the hole and it rose up and went whack and it whacked her. So that was one of those marriage moments. Remember that? I'm, I forgot. Great. I just reminded her. I remember because I saw the look on your face and I'm thinking, oh, boy. I've never slept on the couch, but tonight might be the night. You know, because your wife in her infinite wisdom a lot of times is like, you know what? You know, you should get some help with that. And right, how many of us as men have said, no, I got it, right? Yeah, it was one of those times I probably should have got some help with that. See, when we put a plant in the ground, when something is planted, two things start to happen. And I don't think it's a mistake that that Psalms gives us this imagery. But two things start to happen. The first thing that starts to happen is after that plant is placed in the ground, it starts drawing on the, the moisture and the nutrients in the soil almost immediately. And so the soil that the plant is planted in starts feeding the plant. The plant starts pulling life out of the soil and it gets strong and it gets healthy that's the first thing that happens you know those nutrients feed it and they give it the life that it needs to grow and you know what being in being planted in church is no different right if you're making a fresh start a new beginning getting planted in church will give you nutrients and strength that helps you grow 
But you know what else happens? As the plant grows, its roots go deeper and wider. And you know what? It starts to affect the soil. Right here, especially in my neighborhood, we got some really bad soil. Some clay soil. I mean, it's like, you know, it might as well be concrete, it seems like, sometimes when you're digging through it. It's just thick. And, but you know what? That root system of that vine maple, man, it started breaking it up. Guess what? The plant starts affecting the soil. See, when we get planted in church, the church starts nourishing us. It starts feeding us. It starts growing us. But as we stay planted and our roots start to go deep, we start to affect the church. And what happens is we become part of the soil that nourishes the next plant that's planted. It's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture. See, the soil needs the plant, but the plant needs the soil. See, you need to be planted, right? But we need you to be planted. It's together. Really, it's a picture of community, right? We're going to talk about that all next month, about community. But we need that. See, God intended each of us to be part of something bigger than ourselves. See, and, and so the picture that we get is that the life of the church, the soil, and the life of the person, the plant, we both benefit from each other. Really what happens is we form our own ecosystem. A lot of times we call it church culture, right? We call it culture, but really culture is really it's the ecosystem. We create an ecosystem. Amazing thing about my backyard, I created a minor ecosystem in my backyard around that vine maple. I've got some hosta that I planted near the vine maple. Those hostas, do you guys know what hostas are? Yeah, they're a, they're a plant. <laughs> <laughs> Nick could probably give you a dissertation on it since he knows so much about plants. But, but, it, but, it's, but it's a plant, and, and it's, I have variegated hostas, so the leaves are white and green, and they're beautiful, and they grow up, and they can get, you know, they can get really big, but they grow up, and then the winter comes, they just die down to nothing, so you don't even know they ex- exist until spring comes, and they start shooting up these little, these little, they're like, um, oh, it's going to smell like food. You know that one round cookie that's filled with chocolate? Yeah, the, yeah, those. It, it looks like those, except little green ones start sticking up out of the ground, and it's these little clumps of leaves that pop up, and the whole thing is leaves. There's no branches. It's just this big, massive clump of leaves, and they're beautiful. Well, I have them planted around my vine maple. And you know what's amazing is? They're thriving in the shade of that vine maple. Why? Because they love shade. And that vine maple has affected that whole flower bed that the hosta that grow there are some of the best ones in my whole yard. And it's because of that vine maple. You know what? Some of you, as you get planted, you're the vine maple. And other people are coming, and they're going to come plant next to you, and they're going to get close to you, and all of a sudden, their life's going to flourish because you're planted. See, that's the picture that God gives us as we get planted together. See, we need to realize God's the master gardener. He's the master gardener. He kind of knows what he's doing. Aren't you thankful? I mean, I love it. He spoke, and everything that we see came into existence. And it is still here. I think that's pretty good. 
pretty good God, right? He kind of knows what he's doing. He speaks, and we're still here, right? If we had spoke us into existence, we'd probably all be gone, right? I mean, we can't make a car that lasts more than 20 years. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, if we keep refurbishing it, it keeps going, but you know what I'm saying? So God created, creates each, I believe he creates each church as a specific garden with a specific purpose. You know, you plant certain things in certain gardens. Amen? Right? I mean, there's the English tea garden, right? It's different than um, a rose garden, right? Different purposes. You're going to plant different things in a rose garden than you're going to plant in an English tea garden. They're going to be different. Can I give you a picture of a garden? I want to show you a picture of a garden. Do you have that first one, that black and white picture? Love this picture. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, no, it's not. How many of you recognize that garden? If you raise your hand, you recognize that garden. Don't say it, okay? Two of you. Can we go to the next one, the next picture? Now do you recognize the garden? This is a world-famous garden. This is the sunken garden at Bouchard Gardens. You know what the difference between the first picture and this picture is? What was planted. The first picture was before this garden was planted. This is the picture after it's planted. Before. See, you can see the two trees. See them? Go back up, back up. Back up. Back up. Back up. See the trees? Okay, now go back. There we go. See the change? Can I tell you, that's what God does. See, he's the master gardener. And he says, you know, I'm going to plant some of this in that church, and I'm going to plant some of that in that church, and I'm going to plant some of this in that church, and it's going to end up this. And so many times we think that we're not important to the garden. And you know what? If you took one of those plants, like the tulips that are planted in there, and you just took the tulips out and said, we're just going to put the tulips over here, you know what? The tulips are not going to be nearly as amazing as they are in the garden. But as part of the garden, see, we need to realize that God wants us planted in the church, not only for us, but for other people. But here's a big thing that we don't think about. He wants us planted in the church so that we reflect his glory. Because you know what? That first picture is not very pretty. You're not going to pay $35 to go see that garden. But people do it for that one all the time. People come from around the world to go to that garden. And it's the same garden. The only difference is what's been planted. See, and that's a picture for us. See, as we're planted together, we become something so beautiful that we would never be on our own. You know what? My vine maple looks really good, but it looks better with the hostas around it. Because the hostas just kind of pop off of the, the dark green foliage of my vine maple just looks different. I've got flowers in my yard that pop really good because of the bush that they're against, that if they were just sitting out by themselves, it just doesn't look as good. See, when we come together as a church and we're planted together, we really become this beautiful masterpiece, a beautiful garden that reflects his glory. And people come in and they go, wow, that's a, that's a beautiful garden. Now, they don't say it that way. They go, wow, there's just something about that church. But you know what makes that church that church? 
people are planted, the people are planted. See, Jesus, Jesus says it this way uh, in 1 Corinthians. He says, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as he is pleased. Do you know that ultimately we don't set ourselves in a church? We don't plant ourselves in a church. Jesus plants us in a church. Jesus has a plan. He has a plan for every church of this valley. He has a plan for every church in this state. He has a plan for every church in this nation, every church in this world. And he's, he's going, going, you know what? That church needs a little bit of this. That church needs a little bit of that. No, that church, they need this person. And he's slowly building and planting. But you know what happens? So many times we resist the process. I don't want to be planted in that church. But is he planting you? He's told you that's where you're supposed to be. That's a question we have to ask ourselves because he's the master architect. And we're willing to, to cooperate with him. That really is, the, fo- that really is the, the life of being a Jesus follower. Is going, okay, Jesus, what do you want? Because to be honest, I argued with Jesus all week about this message. I did. I said, I don't want to preach it. Can I preach something else? And I go back to my notes that I wrote out when I first read First Start, Fresh Start, and I said, okay, I'm going to teach on this, I'm going to teach on this, I'm going to teach on this, I'm going to teach on that. And on the God Encounter, I'm going to teach on that. I had five messages that I said I was going to teach on. This is the third one on my list. And I went, God, I don't want to do it. I don't want to teach this one. I don't feel like teaching that one yet. But you know what? It wasn't my idea. It was his idea. And you know how I realized it was his idea? I went back to my notes and went, well, there's the first one. I did that. There's the second one. I did that one. Oh, that's the third one. <laughs> okay. So I literally said, I said this week, I literally said, okay, God, you want me to preach this? Show me how to preach it. Because the way I would preach it is not going to be right. Because I don't want to do it. So you're going to have to show me how to bring it about. You're going to have to give me the scriptures. And so he did. So here we are talking about being planted. See, God says that he set each of the members in the body as it pleases him. Body is just another word for church. We're a body of believers. And the word says that we've been set as it pleases him. You know that when you're set in the body, it pleases him. He's pleased when you get set. He's not pleased when you're transient. He's pleased when you're set. Why? If you look at this whole piece of scripture in, in 1 Corinthians, it's talking about spiritual giftings and how they add to and benefit the body. Can I tell you, we all have different spiritual giftings. We all have different natural giftings. And when we come together, it affects the body in a beautiful way. And that's God's plan. He's orchestrating it. Man, I think sometimes people think they walk into this church by mistake, Right? Or just as a random occurrence. Well, you know, I just thought thought I'd come in and check out the church. You know what? You know what I believe? I believe when people walk into this church because God wants them to walk into this church. He wants them to walk into this church. So if you walk into this church today, we're really glad that you're here. This is a really great family. We'd say welcome home. We'd say, you know what? We don't care where you've been. We care where you're going because that's who we are. You're not here by mistake. See, God is the master gardener, places us in the body as it pleases him. And here's what I believe pleases him. That we be planted in a place where we would be blessed. Where we would be blessed. God wants our lives blessed. 
He wants us at a place where we're going to receive and we're going to be nourished. He wants us to be blessed. But you know what the other side of that is? He wants you to be in a place where you will be a blessing. And can I tell you that there are seasons where, oh, I'm so blessed. And there are seasons like, I'm a blessing, I'm a blessing, I'm a blessing. Right? And then there are seasons where, like, it's coming in and it's going out. You feel blessed and you are a blessing and it just feels so good. But there are seasons where, you know what? I don't feel like being a blessing. I don't feel like I'm being blessed. But you are a blessing by your existence. And so you, you create something by that. See, God wants you in a place where you're blessed and you are a blessing. Where your gifts, talents, abilities, they contribute to the whole of what he is creating. Because he's the one that sets us in the body. He's the one that plants us. See, he knows what he's creating. He knows what he's creating for our church. Because he's the master gardener. See, really, being planted, it, it really it's a recipro- reciprocal agreement. It's a place where we receive and it's a place where we give. It's a place where we receive and it's a place that we give. It's a place where we receive and it's a place where we give. And God designed it that way. And when we go together, we come together and we receive together and we give together, we become strong and healthy and vibrant and we produce his glory. And people look and go, wow, that's amazing. The whole church grows and we thrive together. One last thought on the importance of being planted. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. Verse 18, it says this. It says, I, this is Jesus speaking, I will build my church. Jesus said he would build his church. Can I put it this to you this way? I will plant my garden. Okay. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you know there's not a single place in your Bible where you can find that, that Jesus or the Bible says the gates of hell won't prevail against you as a believer? It says the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. See, the church is a place of strength. And, and the <laughs> some people go through hell in life after they accept Jesus because they never plant in the church. Because the gates of hell don't prevail against the church. It doesn't say the gates of hell don't prevail against us. And can I just tell you, there's no better place to be um, I'm just going to say it as as I know how to say it, and I pl- hope nobody gets offended at this, but the best place to be when you're going through hell is church because the gates of hell don't prevail against the church. And that was God's intent, that we would have a place of strength and endurance and power that when life gets hard and life gets rough, we are not by ourselves, but we are in a place where we are strengthened and encouraged and empowered by other people who have been planted in the church. That's where it, it becomes so important, is that when somebody hits those times, that there is a body that has said, I'm right here, and I'm going to be right here, and I'm going to walk through it with you, and I'm not going anywhere. It's going to be okay. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how bad the mistake was. We're going to do it together. That's the picture. 
See, God plants us that way because we are stronger together. How strong? We're stronger than the forces of hell. Think about that. Jesus said the church was stronger than the forces of hell. How many people do you know that are running around, I've got demons chasing me? Well, get in church. Because the church together, unified, is stronger than the forces of hell. That's amazing. It's a place of strength. Deuteronomy 32 tells it this way. Deuteronomy 32 says this. It says that one person, one of us, can put 1,000 to flight. But two of us, 10,000. Now, our kids learn new math, but that is some new math. <laughs> right? Because in the logic of 1,000, if one puts 1,000 to flight, two should put 2,000 to flight. But God says, no, one will put 1,000 to flight. Two will put 10,000 to flight. That's multiplication, not addition. Can I just say you, God is a God of multiplication, not a God of addition. He wants to multiply in your life. And that happens when we come together. Man, so if one will put 1,000 to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight, how many can we put to flight? When we come together and say, we are planted, we're going to take it, right? Man, there's not a force on the planet that can stop a powerful group of committed, dedicated, planted believers. There's nothing. We're stronger together. Can I show you a picture of this? This is picture Sunday, okay? Do you have that last picture, this, the tree? It's a tree. That is a sequoia. The sequoia, a lot of times people confuse the sequoia with the redwood. They're different trees. But that's the mighty sequoia. It is one of the biggest things that grows on the planet. They're massive. They are huge. And they grow in a very hostile environment. They grow in an environment where they're almost constantly battered with wind and some of the storms that they endure are insane and yet they stand and did you know that that tree has one of the shallowest root systems of any tree on the planet the 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 roots <laughs> i couldn't think of the word it's funny i'm talking about it, i can see it the roots don't go grow, grow, don't grow down. They don't have a big, long tap root. The roots grow out. And do you know what's amazing? Is they grow out, and their roots intertwine with the roots of the other sequoias. See, the strength of the sequoia, and the reason why it can stand when it's battered with storms and wind is because its roots are intertwined with the roots of the sequoias next to it, and together they are strong enough to withstand the most difficult storm. What a picture of the body of Christ. See, when we're planted and we decide that we're going to set down roots and we let our roots reach out and intertwine with the roots of other people planted in the house, we become this immovable force. They can withstand anything. And that's the picture that God gives us of the church. 
He says, if you'll be planted, if you'll be planted in the house of God, you will flourish in the courts of our God. I don't know about you. I want to be planted. I want to be planted. I want to flourish. And I believe, man, if we've been praying this year, I believe that this is our year of flourish. It's our year of flourish. It's our year of flourish. Why? Because I believe our roots are set. Our roots are set. And our roots are entwined with each other. And we can stand up against anything. Mm, Because we're planted. We're planted. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you for checking out today's podcast. If you would like any further information about River's Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com where you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.